Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Tea with HB, the podcast where we drink tea and spill it. Positivity, noun. The practice of being or tendency to be positive or optimistic in attitude. Happiness can be hard to find, especially when we don't know what it is we're looking for. We are told success will make us happy, but this is rarely the case and is often a temporary elation when it is found. The mindset of, I'll be happy when, I'm rich or famous or successful, stops us from being happy now. You need only look at celebrities to realise that success, fame and riches is not what leads to happiness. So what does? In 2015, Robert Waldinger gave the TED Talk, What Makes a Good Life? Lessons from the Longest Study on Happiness, detailing what a 75-year Harvard study of 724 men, women are eventually added, can teach us about the thing we all want. The conclusion? Good relationships keep us happier and healthier. Loneliness kills. It's a fascinating watch and you can find it on YouTube. But what this shows us is that relationships are vital not only to being happy and healthy, but also to staying alive. This should seem obvious, of course. We shouldn't need a study or a video to tell us how important relationships are. Whether familial, friendly, romantic, competitive or collaborative, our relationships can directly damage or benefit our mental and physical health. A matter of importance that the Harvard study leaves out is the relationship we have with ourselves is equally, if not more, important. Because the way we treat ourselves directly impacts how we treat other people. So the question then remains, how do we form good relationships? Compassion is the foundation. As we discussed in the episode Relativity, applying relativity to a situation enables kindness with ourselves and other people. And that is what creates and keeps good relationships. But in order to keep compassion as the base and kindness as the intention, we need something else. Positivity. A positive attitude, ironically, has a lot of negative connotations. It is used to dismiss many people who are in chronic pain or who struggle with their mental health. Phrases like, stay positive, mind over matter, keep going, are thrown around casually, when sometimes the kindest thing to say would actually be, you're doing really well, you're enough. Whoever you are, toxic positivity is immensely frustrating. Nevertheless, when it comes to forming any relationship, we need a positive attitude. This involves hope, confidence and perseverance, 
not senseless optimism. We need to be hopeful so that even when our kindness goes unnoticed or we are rejected, we won't give up on making a friend or finding love. We need confidence to talk to new people and set boundaries with the people we already know. Confidence that the relationships we form will be good ones. We need the perseverance given by a positive attitude so that even when things do get tough, we can keep relationships going. Even when we are struggling, we can find time to help others. Positivity is necessary to form good relationships. If our happiness and our health is dependent on our relationships, then we not only want to form good relationships, we want to make them long-lasting, and we want to keep them good for the duration. There is really one thing required to accomplish this. Honest communication. This is also the number one thing most long-distance couples will tell you is the secret to their success. Talking through problems, being open with your emotions, telling the person how they make you feel are all vital to nurturing any relationship, not only romantic ones. The trouble is, insecurity, embarrassment, playing games, fear of being hurt, all this and more can get in the way of honest communication, to the detriment of all kinds of relationships. How can we possibly combat this? There is a book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and it is a tragedy to me that so many people have not read it. I was brought up with this book. It is written with anecdotes from marriage counselling, but the theory applies to every single relationship in my life. According to Dr Chapman, there are five love languages. If you feel delighted when somebody tells you they are proud of you, or that they like your style, words of affirmation might be your primary love language. If actions speak louder than words, you might feel particularly loved when somebody runs an errand for you, in which case your primary love language could be acts of service. A better fit might be receiving gifts, which, though often mistaken for materialism, is actually about the effort and thought put into the gift. Quality time is probably your primary love language if you feel most loved when somebody is giving you undivided attention and listening attentively to what you say. However, if you feel most loved when somebody hugs you or pats you on the back, your primary love language is probably physical touch. Even though we all have a primary love language, this does not mean the others don't matter, and, like everything, your love language can change over time. Some people hear in one language and speak in another. This is where relationships get complicated. Although I believe this theory works for every kind of relationship, let's use a romantic one to illustrate the concept, as this book was written with the subheading How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate and mainly deals with marital issues. Everyone needs to read this book, but I will try to summarise as best I can. The five love languages describe the way we feel loved and appreciated. Depending on our individual personality types, we may feel loved differently from our partners. Once the initial infatuation of falling in love fades away, people have to choose to love their significant other. A couple can start feeling unloved when they stop communicating to each other in their primary love language. For example, if my primary love language is gifts, but my partner values physical touch above all else, I might think that they feel loved because I am buying them chocolate and flowers every week. But if I never hug my partner, then they will not feel loved by me, despite what I think are my best efforts. Similarly, my partner might never give me any gifts, and so I would then feel neglected. This is why it is important to understand not only your primary love language, but the love language you hear in, as opposed to the love language you speak in. 
For some people it might be the same, but for others it might not. I truly believe this works for any type of relationship. If your employee values quality time, for instance, then talking to them about how they're finding their workload and spending time listening to them can improve your relationship and mean that they enjoy work more and might even work harder for you because they feel more understood. So we can keep our relationships good and long-lasting by learning each other's love languages. There is, of course, a sixth love language Dr Chapman forgot to mention. Food. This is the language most pets communicate with, though once I did unwittingly gain a boyfriend by buying him a cupcake when he had no money at a school bake sale. We were eight. There is another aspect to honest communication, which is being honest with ourselves, acknowledging when something upsets us and doing something to protect ourselves next time. A method I learnt from a pain psychologist called the XYZ technique is very helpful in communicating your emotions to others without using accusatory or inflammatory language when they've upset you. It goes like this. When X happened, it made me feel Y. In future, could you please Z? For instance, when I was being excluded, it made me feel sad. Please could you invite me next time? Rather than accusing the other person... You didn't invite me. It centres around your emotions and makes it about what they can do to help you. You'll find that by giving them something they can do, they are more likely to understand your point of view and apologise. And it also means that if they repeat the behaviour when you have told them how it makes you feel, you know they probably don't have your best interests at heart. In fact, the best way to avoid conflict in a relationship is to set boundaries. This is a word I wish I had learnt earlier. By putting up boundaries at the beginning of relationships, you can avoid a lot of hurt later on, and you can find friends who truly care for you because they will be the ones who respect those boundaries. A boundary can take many forms, but here are a couple of examples. Please don't text me after a certain time. It's not because I don't care about you, I just know I need some rest. Or, I don't like it when people make comments about my body or physical appearance. Please could you compliment my creativity instead? Don't worry if you find it uncomfortable to set boundaries. I did too. These things take practice, and it depends on the person. It's uncomfortable to talk about vulnerability and to point out when somebody has crossed a line, especially if it's someone you're close to, like your best friend or a partner, or if it's a parent or a teacher. But remember that if they care about you, they'll listen to you, and even if it takes a bit of time, they'll hopefully try to meet those needs. Honest communication is the first step. The way somebody treats a person says more about them than it does about that person. So please remember, if you are being bullied, or if you're struggling in any relationship, hurt people hurt people. It's not your fault. That doesn't make it okay, and it certainly doesn't mean your feelings are less valid. But if I had been more aware of this, it would have helped me empathise with my bully, rather than internalise their words and blame myself. Setting boundaries is a form of self-love. And it shows the other person you trust them and respect them enough to have an honest dialogue with them. Especially in these uncertain times, our relationships are vital to our health. If we can learn anything from our struggles, it's that we are stronger together. Tell the ones you love how much they mean to you simply because you can. And appreciate the relationships that make you happy. Because the studies say it keeps you alive and boosts your immunity. More than ever, we need to be there for one another. So spread positivity, not fear, and know that however you're feeling, you are not alone. 
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And if you're enjoying the podcast, share it with several friends. If you want to contact me because you have a question or suggestion or you just want to say hi, you can do so on Instagram at hollyblossom underscore hb or send me an email at twithhb at gmail.com. If you Google the five love languages, you'll find Dr. Chapman's website and there's a quiz you can take to find out which love language you are. So if you want to do that, go ahead. This is not sponsored. I just really love this book. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.